Well, praise God. What a wonderful verse of Scripture that that's based on. The redeemed of the Lord shall return. And redeemed reminds us, that word redeemed of, the word redemption reminds us of the precious blood. Because we're not redeemed with corruptible things, such as gold and silver. Gold and silver's wonderful, isn't it? I would like more. Gold and silver. I'm sure you would too. And it's wonderful to have. And you know, gold is one of those things that isn't just on earth. There's gold in heaven. In fact, there's a word for gold in heaven. Pavement. The streets are, are paved with gold. And you know, I, I like that thing that the, the angels are talking to each other and going, why do these humans get so excited about pavement? They've got pavement shops and they've got rings that sell, uh, they've got shops that sell rings of pavement. Amen. So I would like a lot more gold and silver. And that's not a hint, folks, if you want to donate. But folks, we're not redeemed with gold and silver. We're not redeemed with platinum and diamonds and emeralds and sapphires and rubies. We're redeemed with the precious blood, the priceless blood. It's priceless blood that we're redeemed with. So praise the Lord for that. And um, redemption means to buy back. You know, if you've ever put anything in the pawn shop, hands up if you've put something in the pawn shop. No shame now. No shame. I have. Yeah, well, I... But, you know, pawn shops are a, are a great thing if somebody gives you a present you don't want and you want money instead. Amen? I used to put a lot of stuff in the pawn shop, but I never redeemed it. Because I wanted the cash. Amen? It wasn't that I was, oh, well, and I, I'll, I'll get it back. I don't want it back. But people do that. They go with their wee ticket. They've put it in. They've got cash. But it's precious to them. So they go to redeem. And they give the man the ticket and the money. And, but we were bought back with precious. And you know what that really means to, be, to, to buy back? It means we were always his to begin with. Amen? The human, human beings were not made for the devil. And they weren't made for hell. They were made to enjoy the, the pleasure of God's company for eternity. So we're looking at continuing our series on the precious blood. Last week we looked at this blood gives you life. We looked at this blood is required for the remission of sin. We looked at this blood is the very new covenant. Jesus says when he drank the cup at the last supper, this blood, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. So we're going to continue to see everything that the blood is to us and the blood is for us. And one of those things we've already read in our reading, we'll look at it again here, and it's this. This blood, this blood of Jesus, this precious blood, washes us. This blood washes you. It's a blood that washes. Amen. And if, if you've ever needed washed, then you know how good it is to be washed. Now, we're not talking about you've been out in the garden and you're sweaty and you're covered in muck and you need a bath or a shower. We're talking about the stain and the stench of sin. And this blood washes us from that. And we saw this in Revelation here. And our reading it says, and it says here, Grace be to you in peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth. 
Now, it's so important just to stop there just for a wee minute and say, Jesus, that word prince means ruler of the kings of the earth. So if you have a problem with the kings of the earth, and I'm talking about the presidents, the prime ministers, all these people that cause problems, that start wars, that raise taxes, amen, and I don't mean black cabs, taxes, I mean the kind that you don't like, then don't email them, don't sign a petition, go straight to their boss, who is the Lord Jesus, and say, I don't like this one, get rid of him, Lord. And you know, sometimes he's going to answer that very swiftly. But we ought not just do it because we, we don't like that they've put income tax up or whatever. We do it for different reasons. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. But this is about one us to see. To him that loved us. You see, everything that we're talking about is founded on and based in his love. Jesus loves me, this I know. We sang it a couple of weeks back. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We might be weak, but he is very definitely strong. So to him that loved us, it's all about love, folks. And I don't mean love as in sentimental mush. Um, or, you know, I mean love as in God's love that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. We've got it all over this church, actually. Uh, and it's a big uh, mural thing in the, in the big church, too. And here it's here. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And what did his son give? He gave his blood. So it says here, to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So important because up till that point, Israelites under Moses' law, they had their sins atoned for by blood. Uh, in other words, blood was the, the when, it, when I say atoned, it means that the price was paid for their sin by blood. And it wasn't... Uh, it was the blood of animals, bulls, goats, calves, that type of thing. So, but it says here he washed us from our sins in his own blood. So we're not having services in here, and it'd be weird if we were, where we have um, a dead sheep or a dead, you know, goat uh, or, or, or any animal, and we, 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 we slaughter them to pay for our sins. That would be messy, wouldn't it? Thank God we're not having to do that. But folks, once for all, he paid the price. Once for all, he washed us. You don't need to get washed again in terms of your dealings with God. He did it once for all. Now, as we'll see in a wee minute, we do sometimes have to have, you know, put it this way, you'll go home and have a shower, but you'll still have to have a shower at some point, maybe tomorrow or whatever. Amen. Uh, yeah, I. Your weekly bath. But there are, there are two things going on here. We'll look at that in our next one. But here he's saying he washed us. He washed us once and for all. In other words, his blood only had to be shed once. And it cleansed us from our sin. Past, present and future. Praise the Lord. And then our next one that we're going to look at is in First John chapter 1 and verse 7. And it's a similar thing, but we'll look at this, this sort of subtle, not the difference, but we'll just look at the, the extra part of it that we need to understand. First John chapter 1 and verse 7. His blood washes you, but his blood cleanses you from all sin. Now, 
You know, some people believe that this is talking about an ongoing cleansing. For example, uh, you're cleansed from your sin, you're washed when you became a Christian, but then when you go and do something wrong, a sin, commit a sin, um, you know, like, you know, what would we say, David, not having the dinner on time, ladies, you know, that type of thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. But we have sins that we commit, even although we're, we're washed once for all, we mess up, don't we? You know, road rage, you know, I'll put my hand up to that at times. David has an ongoing debate about whether or not I'm more uh, guilty of road rage or worse at road rage than his papa. And I think, well, I think papa's still winning it because I, I grew up with your papa and he, he, road rage was a problem. But, you know, we do stuff, don't we? Or we, we're maybe unkind or or whatever and so ongoing we need that cleansing and this verse here first john chapter 1 verse 7 says if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin now we all know those old blood hymns what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of jesus but we have that wonderful one. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veils. Now, there's an element here where what this is talking about is you're cleansed once for all by the blood of Jesus. But as you go about your daily business and you may mess up, you, you, you can go to him for forgiveness. He's Lord, up. sorry, I said an unkind word there. Or, you know, I, I shouldn't have shouted at that person or whatever it is. And, and even sometimes things in the world defile you. You might put the telly on to watch something and you see something that grieves your, your spirit and you say, Lord, just cleanse me from that. So there's an ongoing cleansing, folks. There's an ongoing washing. And, you know, there's that old hymn that says, Jesus, keep me near the fountain. Yeah? There's, a, there's an element of this where we stay in the fountain. We stay in the flow. We don't get to. We don't say, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just be a Sunday go to meeting Christian. The rest of the week, I'll just do what I want. But we stay in that place where even if something happens, we instantly be cleansed. Um, and so the blood washed us once and for all, but the blood cleanses us as we go from things that defile. And in this world, there's a lot of defilement. As I said, there are things that you can see, things that you can hear. You know, you might be on the bus and somebody's effing and blinding. And folks, we need cleanse and stuff like that, don't we? We're not effing and blinding, but we need to say, oh Lord, just cleanse my... I didn't need to hear that, I don't want to hear that. So we stay in that place. We're not um, always navel-gazing and micro-picking, you know, oh, oh, did I do wrong, did I... But folks, we stay in that place where we say, thank you, I'm cleansed, and I choose to stay in that place where his blood continues to keep me pure and clean. So his blood washes you and his blood cleanses you from all sin. Praise the Lord. Now, the next one we're going to look at, um, and this is so important. His blood is perfect. This blood is perfect and without defect. 
It has no defect. If I said to you, well, I love you guys so much, but I'm going to give my blood in payment for your sin. You might think that was noble of me and nice of me, but folks, my blood will not pay for anyone's sin. Because my blood was, was tainted with sin. So his blood, though, because he's the only one that had perfect blood. He's the only one that ha didn't have defiled blood. And he's the only one who never sinned so that his blood would become tainted with sin. He, his blood is perfect. It's without defect. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 says, For as much, and we've looked at this already, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. You know, silver you can make, you can tarnish silver, can't you? You can put it into caustic soda water or stuff like that. And silver can get discolored. If you've ever had silver jewellery, you know, it, it can go green. and It's a verdigris or something they call it. All of that. And, you know, and, and it ends up looking bogging. And, it, you know, it ends up looking cheap. Silver can be, silver's corruptible. But, you know, you have to do a lot to gold to make gold corruptible. The purer the gold. You know, you can do a lot of stuff to gold. Um, but it's, it's not, it won't corrupt, it won't rust, it won't, you've, you've got to really attack it. But it, you can do it, you know, you can melt it. And if you melt it, you can mix it with impure things. Even gold, for all its durability, is corruptible. Um, but folks, it says here we weren't redeemed. We weren't bought back with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your vain conversation or foolish ways, that means, by tradition from your fathers. So we were, we were not redeemed by silver and gold. We were not redeemed by tradition, by religious tradition. We were not redeemed because we went to church. We were not redeemed because we knew all the words to all the hymns. We were not redeemed because we went to Sunday school and got a certificate. We were, we're not redeemed because we get perfect attendance. We're not redeemed because the pastor's our pal. And I say this quite a lot, that you get a lot of people in the so-called Protestant church, they're more Catholic than the Catholics because they think if they have the minister around for tea or they're parley with the minister, he'll put in a word for me. I know the minister, so I'm cool with the Almighty. Folks, that doesn't work with priests, and it don't work with ministers. Especially ministers who don't even know the Almighty. Amen. There's plenty of them in some of the traditional churches. But even if you've got a wonderful pastor, man of God, like myself, it's not me that, 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 that you understand. It's not me that's going to mediate between God and you. There's one mediator between God and man, and that is the man Christ Jesus. And it's his blood that takes you into God's presence. It's his blood that makes you righteous. It's not my uh, prayers or anything of that. Your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, that's what I like about true Protestantism. My man used to say it. That's what I like about it because it's the priesthood of all believers. Now some Protestants don't like talking about priests. 
But folks, every believer is a priest. A king and a priest. We just read it in Revelation chapter 1. He's made us kings and priests. So we don't need priests. We don't need mediators. Now it's good to have pastors. It's good to have teachers of the word and preachers. We believe in all that. We believe in pulpit ministry. We believe in praying for each other. Yeah, intercession. But folks, your relationship with God is based on the blood, the shed blood of Jesus. And your relationship with God the Father through Christ who gave his precious blood. So we're not redeemed with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The precious blood of Christ. A lamb without blemish, a lamb without spot. And that comes from Exodus chapter 12, verse 5, and it says, When you give a sacrificial lamb, your lamb shall be without blemish. And it goes on to say in Leviticus, Whatever has a defect, you shall not offer, for it shall not be acceptable on your behalf. Now, that's so important because back then they would offer uh, a lamb. But it was so easy if you had a lamb to offer to say, well, we'll give the one that's the one that's got blemishes. Because it's not much use to us. It's an ugly wee thing. Give that to God. No, folks. That was not acceptable. And somebody who had a heart like that wasn't acceptable. You give God your best. But you know, you could give God your best for the rest of eternity and it wasn't enough. Because God gave his best for you and I. It's not what we give to him. We had nothing of value to give to him. God accepted those sacrifices in the Old Covenant because that was a dispensation they were in. But folks, when God gave Jesus the perfect lamb without blemish, there was no need for any other further sacrifice. So he gave his life. What more could he give? As the old song goes. Folks, he's a perfect sacrifice. And he gives perfect atonement because he has perfect precious blood and he gave it for you and I. As of a lamb without blemish. Then it says, who early was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. The Bible teaches that the lamb of God was given before the foundation of the world. But it had to happen in the timeline of history. And Jesus was that lamb. Praise God. What a wonderful truth. So... Let's look at one other aspect before we, we close this morning um, about the blood of Jesus. We're going to keep this study going um, because so many things about the precious blood. And we looked last week, the blood of Jesus is what causes us to overcome in this world. Overcome the devil, the accuser of the brethren. So the next one we'll look at is Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. But it's so important for us to understand these wonderful truths. And remember what it says in Hebrews, if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify to the puring of the flesh. In other words, if the blood of those animals worked for a season, for a year or whatever it was, the time, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purged, purged, sorry, your conscience from dead works 
to serve the living God. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. So let's look at Romans chapter 6 for our last verse and see what it says in verse 3. And here we see what the waters of baptism truly signify. You see, a lot of times we think of baptism and when we're baptised in water, um, there's a sense in which we think it's the water that cleanses us, but the water is, is just a symbol. Amen? We have to go through it. But what is, what is the water symbolised? Romans chapter 6, verse 3 says, Know you not that so many of us as were baptised into Jesus Christ were baptised into his death. We were baptised into Jesus Christ and we were baptised into his death. Now the word baptised means to immerse, to totally cover, head to toe. We totally covered by something. Now when we get baptised in water, we're covered in the waters of baptism, aren't we? But what do those waters signify? They signify that we are baptised into Christ by his blood. We are put under his blood, we are immersed in his blood. And when he died on the cross and gave his life, and his blood poured out upon the earth, down the, down the cruel tree, down his body, and into the earth, what happened there was that we were baptised into that death. So the old man, the old you, the old nasty, smelly, horrible, sinful, Adamic you, died with Christ on the cross so that you could be born again. And so we were baptised into his blood, covered by his blood. His blood covered all our wickedness, our darkness, our sin, all of it. And so baptism, that we're, we, we know baptism of the waters of baptism, but it signifies that deeper truth, the reality, that this blood is for our baptism into Christ. That when we, he, the Bible says, knowing this, our old man was crucified with him. It says it here in verse 6. Let's just read it. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that hereafter we should not serve sin. But he that is dead is freed from sin. We died with him on the cross. The old part of us, the old sinful part, so that we could be born again, brought to new life in Christ. And so his blood is what we were immersed in. And we, we're still immersed in that blood today. We need to be covered by the blood of Jesus. The old timers, and maybe you've heard it many times with preachers, I know some of you have, they would say, plead the blood, plead the blood, plead the blood. To stay safe, to stay protected, to stay in his care and protection. Plead the blood of Jesus. They used to call it pleading the blood, and we need to do that. So praise the Lord, folks. That's, we'll leave that there just now for today. Let's just close with a, the, this message with a word of prayer. Father, we do indeed this morning or this afternoon now, Lord, we cover ourselves with that blood. We consciously say, let the blood of Jesus be over us to protect us, to cleanse us, to keep us safe from harm, to give us victory over the evil one in this dark and evil day. Let us 
We plead the blood, Father. Let us be covered by your blood and be blood-bought, blood-washed, blood-cleansed, blood-protected. People of God, in Jesus' name. Amen.